Well, amen, Brother Mark Abbott. The King is coming. Happy Easter, friends and family of the Sweetwater Baptist Church, and happy Resurrection Day as we've come to celebrate the greatest day in history, the day that Jesus came forth out of the tomb in Jerusalem. The King is certainly coming. Sweetwater family, I just want to take a moment to tell you how much I miss you, how much all of your staff loves you. What an honor to serve you. Today would have been our first Easter Sunday in our new building. I've been blessed and honored to have been a senior pastor now for 33 years. That's even hard for me to say, 33 years. And this is the first time that I've ever preached on a Sunday morning to an empty building. But I want you to know today that Easter is not canceled. Even though we cannot meet together in this room, all of the pews filled, Easter is just as real, just as special, right there where you're at in your living room, maybe out on your deck, maybe in your easy chair, watching your mobile device. It is just as special and as important and significant today as it was some over 2,000 years ago when Jesus came out of the tomb. So don't be discouraged, don't be disappointed. Jesus is alive and today we are here to celebrate that great resurrection of Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Savior. I want to invite you this morning to take your Bibles and to turn with me to the book of Revelation. Revelation chapter 19. As you're turning, I want to remind you of just a couple of things. First of all, I want to remind you that our prayer partners are available. Those numbers are up on the screen for you this morning. And if you have a prayer concern, if you have a spiritual need, if you just want to talk to someone today, maybe you're at home, you're lonely, and you can't get out, and you just like to hear a voice and someone to say hello and to pray with you, maybe you just want to feel connected to Sweetwater and just call that number, and one of those prayer partners will be happy to pray with you and talk with you and, and to take a few moments and, and to be an encouragement to you. So I want to remind you that they're available throughout this service and even up at, until after the end of the service you can call as well. I also want to remind you that tonight there will be no evening worship service. Uh, we want you to uh, be with your family and to spend the afternoon uh, being blessed by spend, spending time with your family and enjoying your Easter meal together. It's our tradition here at Sweetwater because of the sunrise service that we do not have an evening service on Easter day. And I want to encourage you to watch the sunrise service. Brother Brian mentioned it earlier, and uh, what a blessing that was for us as a staff to be out in the cemetery and to video record that. I can't say enough about your staff. 
and all of the hard work that they are doing during this pandemic. Even though we cannot meet together, ministry goes on and uh, the work is being done and I am just so very thankful for Brother Mark Abbott, Brother Brian Ayers, Brother Corbin Heron. And uh, let me just say a special word of appreciation to Corbin. He has to edit all of those videos and get them ready for us to put on our website, uh, to put on Vimeo. And so thank you to Corbin. And then I also want to say thank you to our technical team who has been so very faithful during this time of of distancing, social distancing. They have been just so dependable. And I appreciate Miss Bobby Noe and Brother Will Monday and, uh, of course, our staff that's been involved in that as well who have just been here every service making certain that our live stream goes according to plan. So thank you. Thank you from the bottom of your pastor's heart And thank you for being a part of this service, this Easter celebration this morning. God has led me today to the book of Revelation, the very last book of our Bible. I want to begin reading in verse 11. Revelation 19, verse 11. John the Revelator is writing and he says, And I saw heaven open, and behold a white horse... And he that sat upon him was called Faithful and True. And in righteousness he doeth judge and make war. His eyes were as a flame of fire. And on his head were many crowns. And he had a name written that no man knew but he himself. And he was clothed with a vesture, dipped in blood, And his name is called the Word of God. And the armies which were in heaven followed him upon white horses, clothed in fine linen, white and clean. And out of his mouth goeth a sharp sword, and that with it he should smite the nations. And he shall rule them with a rod of iron, and he treadeth, the winepress of the fierceness and wrath of Almighty God. And he hath on his vesture and on his thigh a name written, King of kings and Lord of lords. I'm speaking on this subject this morning, just simply King of kings. King of kings. This morning as we are celebrating Easter together, we are reminded that Jesus truly is King of kings and Lord of lords. One of the great studies in your Bible is to examine all of the titles that are used for our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. For example, you will find in the Word of God, and certainly on your screen, you have a sampling of just some of those titles. But for example, he is called the Messiah. He is called the great high priest, the son of man, the judge, the good shepherd, the lamb of God, the chief cornerstone, Lord. But here in this text, king of kings. 
Now, throughout the Bible, both in the Old Testament and the New Testament, there are references to Jesus being King of Kings. For example, in the Old Testament, in the book of Jeremiah, and we call these messianic prophecies when we read about Jesus in the Old Testament that was fulfilled in the New Testament. But in Jeremiah chapter 23 and verse 5, the Bible tells us, Behold, the days come, saith the Lord, that I will raise unto David a righteous branch, and a king, referring to Christ, shall reign and prosper, and shall execute judgment and justice in the earth. When Jesus was born in Bethlehem, the Bible tells us in Matthew chapter 2 that the wise men came from the east. We call them magi. The Bible tells us that when they came to the place where Jesus was at, they brought him three gifts, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Now, each one of those gifts have a symbolic meaning. But gold is a symbol of a king. The Bible tells us that the Magi bent down, bowed down, worshiping Christ, and presented him gold. Gold referring to his kingship. The Apostle Paul, in the book of 1 Timothy, chapter 6 and verse 15, put it this way, which he will manifest in his own time. He who is the blessed and only potentate, the King of kings and the Lord of lords. So on this Easter morning, I want us to think about Jesus Christ, King of kings, as we reflect on this wonderful passage of Scripture in the Word of God. Now this particular passage in Revelation 19 is called the glorious appearing of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. It's one of those eschatological events that will occur after the tribulational period. There's so much to talk about in this particular passage, but today I want us to focus on that one title of King of Kings. Now, when we think about Jesus being King of Kings and the fact that it's Easter and the significance of it, we are reminded that we should reflect on His kingship. Not only that, we should resign to His kingship and we should rejoice in His kingship. Because as King of kings and Lord of lords, He's greater than anything we could ever face, even a pandemic of the coronavirus. He is King. He is Lord. He has conquered the grave. So what I want to do for just a few moments this morning is I want to talk about King Jesus. Brother Mark Abbott so wonderfully saying just a few moments ago, the King is coming. Yes, He's coming back. And I want to talk about His kingship right now as well. Number one, I want to call to your attention this morning the authority of King Jesus. The authority of King Jesus. 
Now, in the passage that we've read together this morning, uh, there is a wonderful description of Jesus as He returns. But I want you to notice what the Bible tells us in verse number 12. And I saw heaven open, and behold, a white horse, and he that sat upon him was called faithful and true, and in righteousness he doeth judge and make war. He uses a phrase there that in righteousness he does judge. The Bible also tells us in this description of him that on his head he has many crowns. Just not one, but many. And those many crowns refer to the fact that Jesus has authority. Now, in Matthew chapter 28, verse 18, in the NIV version of the Bible, here's what Jesus said. All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. All authority. Paul writing about this in Ephesians chapter 1 and in verse 19 put it this way. And what is the exceeding greatness of his power to usward who believe? according to the working of his mighty power, which he wrought in Christ, when he raised him from the dead and set him on his own right hand in the heavenly places, far above all principality and power and might and dominion, and every name that is named, not only in this world, but also in that which is to come. There Paul reminds us, because of the resurrection Jesus is King of kings, and He has all authority. Now, when we think about the authority of Jesus this morning, we are reminded that He reigns universally. Now, a lot of times when you think about a monarch or a king or even a president, uh, their reign, their rule, their authority is limited to a country or a territory or perhaps some district. But Jesus reigns universally. Now, the Bible tells us when the angel Gabriel appears to Mary in Nazareth, and Gabriel is explaining to her that she's going to give birth to the Son of God, the immaculate conception, the virgin birth. And here's what Gabriel says in Luke chapter 1, verse 32. And he shall be great, and shall be called the Son of the Highest. And the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father David, and he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever. And listen to this. And of his kingdom there shall be no end. You see, ladies and gentlemen, Jesus reigns over the entire universe. His authority is universal. But I want to say something else about his authority. Not only does he reign universally, he reigns eternally. Eternally. Now, many times when we think about a monarch, a king, a president, they reign for a specific amount of time, sometimes for their lifetime. But Jesus reigns forever and forever. In the book of Daniel, 
The book of Daniel is to the Old Testament what the book of Revelation is to the New Testament. And in Daniel chapter 7, verse 13, the Bible declares, I saw in the night visions, and behold, one like the Son of Man came with the clouds of heaven and came to the Ancient of Days, and they brought him near before him, and there was given him, listen, dominion and glory and a kingdom that all people, all nations and languages should serve him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion which shall not pass away, and his kingdom that which shall not be destroyed. In this very book, in the book of Revelation, chapter 11 and verse 15, the Bible says this, And the seventh angel sounded, and there were great voices in heaven saying, The kingdoms of this world are become the kingdoms of our Lord and of his Christ, and he shall reign forever and forever. I have the wonderful privilege of going to school at seminary at the New Orleans Baptist Theological Seminary. And every year in the city of New Orleans, they have a little celebration, maybe you've heard of it, called Mardi Gras. And on Fat Tuesday, which is the Tuesday before Ash Wednesday, we know it as Mardi Gras, there is a king who is crowned in the city of New Orleans. His name is Rex. Rex is Latin for king. He appears before the mayor in his Rex parade on his float. And the mayor of the city of New Orleans gives to him a key, the key to the city. For one day, Rex declares a holiday. There's no work, no school, but everyone is to have fun and to enjoy the day. That evening, there is a royal ball that is thrown and held uh, for King Rex. And for one day in the city of New Orleans, King Rex reigns. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I want you to know something this morning, not for one day, but for every day. For all of eternity, Jesus Christ reigns as King of kings and Lord of lords. So there is the authority of King Jesus. But now number two, I want to talk about the adoration of King Jesus. The adoration of King Jesus. Now Easter is a time of worship. It's a time of great celebration. If you watch this morning our sunrise service, Brother Brian read from the Gospel of Matthew. And the Bible tells us those women, including Mary Magdalene, who came to the tomb on that first Easter, when they encountered Jesus in Matthew chapter 28, verse 17, it says, and when they saw him, they worshipped him. And ladies and gentlemen, a king is worthy of reverence and respect. And our King Jesus is worthy of our adoration and our worship. I mentioned earlier about the wise men who came 
to see Jesus as an infant. The Bible tells us that they bowed down in his presence and they worshipped him. In Revelation chapter 5, verse 12, the Bible says, Worthy is the Lamb that was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing. Jack Hayford wrote a beautiful chorus and a hymn that has become one of the most familiar in our Christian tradition. It's called Majesty. Listen to these words. Majesty. Worship His Majesty. Unto Jesus be all glory, power, and praise. Majesty, kingdom authority, flow from His throne unto His own. His anthems raise. So exalt, lift up on high the name of Jesus. Magnify, come glorify Christ Jesus the King. Majesty, worship His majesty, Jesus who died, now glorified King of all kings. He is King of kings. He is worthy of our adoration, our praise, our uh, exaltation of Him because He's full of majesty. Paul put it this way in Philippians chapter 2, verse 9. Wherefore, God hath highly exalted Him, given Him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow of things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. So why is He worthy of our adoration? Well, first of all, He is a great King. The Bible tells us in Psalm 96 verse 4, For the Lord is great, greatly to be praised. He is to be feared above all gods. He is also a good King. Psalm 34 verse 8 says, O taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man that trusteth in him. Psalm 145 verse 9, The Lord is good to all. He has compassion on all he has made. And he is a glorious king. The Bible tells us in Psalm 24 verse 10, Who is the king of glory? The Lord of hosts. He is the king of glory. One of the great Christmas carols we sometimes sing goes like this. Angels from the realms of glory, saints before the altar bending, watching long in hope and fear, suddenly the Lord descending in His temple shall appear. Come and worship, come and worship, worship Christ the newborn King. Well, there's a third thing I want to say about King Jesus. Not only the authority of His kingship, not only the adoration of King Jesus, but I want to talk for a moment about the affection for King Jesus. You know, when we think about our King, when we think about our Lord, the greatest thing you could do for Him this Easter is to love Him. To love Him. 
to show your affection for Him. You know, we all have those that we love and admire. We think about our presidents through the years and those that we love and admire. I think about the very first president that I had the privilege of being able to vote for as a young man, to have that privilege and that responsibility and that duty to vote for, Ronald Reagan. And so I have great respect and affection and admiration for him because I, there's something about being able to vote for the very first president that you can vote for. And we all have those that we look up to and admire. But ladies and gentlemen, he deserves our love and he deserves our loyalty. And the Bible tells us in Mark chapter 12, verse 30, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all of thy heart, with all of thy soul, and with all of thy mind, and with all of thy strength. You're to love Him personally this morning. Do you love Him? Do you really love Him? You know, Jesus asked Simon Peter on the shore of the Sea of Galilee, Simon Peter, lovest thou me more than these? What if He were to ask you that this morning? Do you love me more than pleasure? Do you love me more than your possessions? Do you love me more than your uh, goals and visions and dreams? Do you love me? Love Him personally. Second of all, love Him passionately. Love Him from your heart, the innermost being that you are, uh, in your innermost self, in your soul. That's why the Bible says you're to love Him with your heart, your soul, your mind, and your strength. And then you're to love Him supremely. He is to be first in your life, in my life, for every believer. The Bible tells us in 1 John chapter 4, verse 19, we love Him because He first loved us. Oh, I hope you love Him today. I love Him. Every day with Jesus is sweeter than the day before. And we love Him, as the Scripture says, because He first loved us. Well, there's one final thing I want to call to your attention on this Easter morning as we think about King Jesus, and that is the allegiance to King Jesus. I mentioned a moment ago that He deserves your love and He deserves your loyalty. And when we think about allegiance, we are reminded that we are to be loyal to Him, to give our allegiance to Him. During patriotic services, even here at Sweetwater, we pledge allegiance to the flag. And that is a symbolic way of saying that my allegiance, my loyalty, my devotion is to my country. Ladies and gentlemen, as a Christian, we should pledge our allegiance to the King of kings and the Lord of lords. How do we do that? Well, number one, submit to Him. Submit to Him. Give in to His authority. Bow down before Him and say, Lord, You are my King. The Bible tells us in James 4, verse 7, Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil and he'll flee from you. But the first part of that verse was, submit yourself, therefore, to God. 
Paul writing about this in Romans 6, 6, Neither yield ye your members as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin, but yield yourselves unto God as those that are alive from the dead and your members as instruments of righteousness unto God. So submit to him. Number two, sharing. Tell others about this king. Now on that first Easter morning, over and over, no matter where you go, in Matthew, Mark, and Luke, you find that they were told to go and to share the good news. And the Bible tells us that they left the tomb just like the women in Matthew 28, and they went and told the disciples they shared the good news. The Bible tells us about Philip and the Ethiopian eunuch in Acts chapter 8. The Bible tells us that when he met him, Now here's what the Bible tells us he did in verse 35 of Acts 8. Then Philip opened his mouth and began at that same scripture and preached unto him Jesus. He didn't talk about the church. He didn't talk about his denomination. He didn't talk about his hobbies or his activities. The Bible says he preached unto him Jesus. And in this hurting world, In this desperate time, we need to be faithful in sharing the good news of the hope that we have in the resurrection of Christ. There is hope. We will rise again. We'll get through this together. And it will be because because of the fact that we're holding on to the authority and uh, the love and the affection that we have for our King, King Jesus. So sharing. And then finally, serve him. Serve him. Romans chapter 1, verse 1, Paul is describing himself. And he says, Paul, a servant of Jesus Christ. In fact, if you were to study that word servant in the Greek language, it's really the Greek word doulos. It means a slave. John MacArthur Jr. wrote an entire book just on this one verse how that we are to be servants of the Lord Jesus Christ. Paul, a servant of Jesus Christ, called to be an apostle, separated unto the gospel of... Verse 6, Not with eye service as men pleasers, but as the servants of Christ, doing the will of God from the heart. Serving from your heart. Serve him personally. Serve him gladly. Serve him lovingly. Serve him faithfully. And I pray this Easter morning that you will once more renew your allegiance to the King of Kings and to the Lord of Lords. Now I'm about to share a final story But I just want to remind you that our prayer partners are available. Those numbers are available for you on the screen. Those numbers, you can call. They'll be happy to pray with you. They'll write down any request you might have. Maybe you just need to be encouraged and talk to someone. So let me encourage you to to do just that. And, And so we love you. We love you, Sweetwater. We love you, friends of our church. We're here for you in any way that we can help and be an encouragement to you. 
On June the 2nd, 1953, Queen Elizabeth II was crowned Queen of the United Kingdom. She has been reigning now in England and the United Kingdom for over 67 years, or at least this June will be her 67th year of holding the crown. And she, during that coronation, before the coronation, sent out invitations to selected individuals, to presidents, to kings, to political officials, inviting them to come to her coronation day, June the 2nd, 1953, almost 67 years ago. At the bottom of her invitation were these words, all excuses ceasing. All excuses ceasing. What she was saying is this, there is no excuse to keep you from my coronation. When royalty talks, when royalty invites, there is no excuse big enough to keep you from that invitation. Ladies and gentlemen, the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords invites you to a personal relationship with Him this Easter. He wants you to know Him. He wants you to experience Him, to walk with Him, to love Him. Maybe you don't know what that's about, and you'd like to call the prayer partner. One of our ministerial staff will be happy to call you back and explain to you how you can have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Maybe you're out there today and you've wandered away from the Lord and you haven't been loyal to Him like you should as your King. Why don't you make a fresh commitment of your life right now? Just bow your head in your living room, out on your deck, your front porch, wherever you happen to be. And ask God to forgive you and say, Lord, afresh and anew, I pledge my allegiance to you. All excuses ceasing. Oh, worship the King, all glorious above. Oh, gratefully seeing God's power and God's love. Our shield and defender, the ancient of days, pavilioned in splendor and girded with praise. May we bow for a moment of prayer together. Father, we worship you as King of kings and Lord of lords. You are worthy of our praise and adoration. You are worthy of glory and honor. And on this Easter morning, we raise your name and say thank you for the significance and the meaning of this special day. May every day be Easter in our hearts and our lives. Thank you for the many who have been watching. Pray God your blessings on them and their families. Thank you for these who are here in our building today to ensure an a excellent live stream experience. So Lord, give us a good day now as we celebrate the resurrection, the empty tomb, and we pray this in Jesus' name and for His sake, amen. Happy Easter. May God bless you and your family.